Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world. This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids. We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. Welcome to the Live Better Show podcast. On it, we have Bridget Connolly, founder of Luna Bay Kombucha, hard kombucha, and it's awesome. One of my favorite alcohol alternatives. Um, Bridget, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. All right. So you were one of the early pioneers of hard kombucha. How did you start doing this? And can you just explain the difference between hard kombucha and sort of other non-beer alcohols that are out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so um, I'm from Chicago originally, but I've been living in California for quite some time and um, kind of saw how that industry was taking off out there, the hard kombucha market, better for you alcohol, rather. Um, and by learning about what was going on in that space, I wanted to take that concept and bring it back to Chicago. Um, I think Chicago sometimes gets this uh, stereotype of being beer and pizza and, you know, deep dish and people don't really understand what a health conscious city it is and that I knew in my heart that it would be a great place to bring this um, category to. So um, brought it back to Chicago two years ago. We're the only hard kombucha to brew with yerba mate tea. Um, we're one of the only ones that's vegan. A lot of our uh, competitors use honey um, and we're one of the lowest sugar on the market and we use all non-GMO ingredients. So really wanted to highlight the quality in the product um, over anything and then and I also wanted to launch it in my home city and it's our best selling market and it's an exciting category to be a part of. What was that first like little bit kind of starting a new hard kombucha company in Chicago? Like what did that feel like? Because I, I definitely hear you on the, the health conscious side of it, but I also feel like just coming from the fitness side that people are just as apt to skip my workout to like go start drinking <laughs> and maybe that was that was the push like i just want something better to drink um but how did that go sort of launching this like kind of alternative product in a city that's not i i wouldn't categorize it as like very health forward health conscious for sure but not mm -hmm. health forward it's not like la or new york where you could put something out and it can just pop right yeah. away yeah, actually, it was interesting timing when we launched. Um, I, I worked at Lou Lemon for a number of years, and Lou Lemon was opening um, an experiential store in Lincoln Park at the same time. Um, and so we really decided to align with them and partner up because we do feel like that same type of consumer, that health conscious, that likes to work hard, play hard, have fun. Um, and so we launched our product at their opening for the experiential store. So we got in front of a ton of different consumers um, that way. All 
all around the country, a lot, a lot of their ambassadors. So it was a great place to kind of showcase the product at first. Um, but and we certainly had a lot of resistance um, from distributors and from retailers, not really knowing what the category was and um, thinking that, you know, Chicago was a couple of years behind um, the trend. Um, but we've also been just kind of like, where is our consumer at? You know, where do they work out? Where do they go shopping? Is it you know, Lululemon, are they going to Berries? Are they, you know, um, what local coffee shop are they at? And we really just try to plug ourselves into all of those places. Um, and, you know, it could be a, a brunch booch, it could be a post-workout booch, um, it could be, you know, going to Foxtrot and picking up, you know, for getting your dinner. So we're really at a lot of those places. And, um, and I think that's been really helpful for us to really be where our consumer is at throughout their um, experience. So you you did this and obviously did a great job of finding the fit for the market and the product and the branding and all of that is incredible. One thing that we get a lot of questions of and especially a lot of people that are listening to these episodes is like, what did it take right to quit your job and start a business? And everybody has like a little bit of a different story behind that. But can you talk us through like from idea to hey, I am going to leave a job that I have a salary, that I have benefits to say, I'm going to try this, this thing out. Like, can you give us that timeline? And then just like, what was like the final, like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's go. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I think that like, you know, part of me throughout my life has felt like I, cho I choose the harder route sometimes. And maybe it's just because I don't want to like settle. And I'm like, I want to see what else is out there. I don't want to I just I know that there's more um, there. So but then sometimes it does feel like the harder way. Um, but ends up being, you know, a really uh, beautiful thing. But um, all that to say I was working for Lululemon for quite some time. And um, my background is more in the branding side of things. And um, I always have side hustles of photography, blog, you know, starting my own business in some way and nothing really like landed fully. But um, when I moved back from Australia a couple of years ago, I landed in California and saw that category start um, to be a huge thing. And so I created the Luna Bay Booch brand. So, um, you know, the moon, feminine energy, the four stars, the Chicago flag. And I just started like envisioning like what it, does it feel like? What does it taste like? What is the experience like of, you know, having this product and how is it different than what other people are doing? Um, and so I started to build out the vision of it really before we had the product, you know, created or anything. Um, and then I started to pitch it to buyers in the Midwest as I built out the brand deck. And when I started to make create merch and make these fake cans and literally created it all besides the product. We had tons of fake cans everywhere. We would fill it with juice. Like we would make photo shoots with, you know, everyone's like, your product's so good. I'm like, that's just juice with <laughs> and hard kombucha. Um, so we, you know, it was just kind of like creating it before we had anything. Um, and then, you know, I was working my other job, which is at a creative agency. Um, and I was doing that, you know, 10 hours a day and then every night and weekend doing this and uh, definitely not sustainable. And I just remember being like, if I just had more time to do this, I could make it happen. If I just could just give, I, I know I could, it could happen. Um, and when Whole Foods in the Midwest was, they saw that our brand act and we're like, this is amazing. How do we order it before we even had any product to give them? Um, we knew we were onto something and I knew that I had to give it my all. And as I was driving to work that day, this is, you know, three years ago, I was like, I gotta, I have to make this decision soon. Like I can't keep doing both. 
And I got there and they actually were laying off half the company and I was one of the layoffs. And, you know, and everyone there was, you know, really sad and, you know, whatever. And I literally walked up to my boss and was like, can I use this computer for a month? uh, And then great to see you guys. See you later. Like I didn't even, it didn't like, it just made sense. But of course, for a moment, your ego hurts a little bit, like you get laid off and you're like, you know, but I just knew in that moment, like that was supposed to happen. And I went, I left there, I drove down the street and I sat at a coffee shop and I formed the LLC. And then, you know, we went from there. Wow. <laughs> that is sweet super sweet. Yeah. Um, in building off of that, I think that is, that's great. It was almost like, all right, here you go. Take a chance. Right. Uh, Talk me through that second phase. I always, you know, Jason, our business has been all service-based, right? So we don't really have much tangible product besides some merchandise. What was it like to say, okay, we've got this brand, this idea. Now let's actually put the product into the can. Yes. And work through all that. Because I know so many people have these ideas, right? They have this concept. They have what they feel like is a great idea. In my head, I have... 15 product ideas that I know in the health and wellness community could work. It's just like, what is that next phase of like, all right, let's get this tested. Let's get this in cans. Let's get this, make sure people like the taste of it. Um, Because I think a lot of people see what you're like, see exactly what you're doing and be like, oh, hard kombucha. Like, that's awesome. Like, you know, her dad probably ran a kombucha plant or something (laughs) like, you know, like, and I know a lot of people that that's happened to. It's like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, talk me through you built the brand, you get laid off, which is like as out of a moment as possible. <laughs> Talk about getting the kombucha in the can and how you did that and how you went through testing and maybe a couple of failures that came up along the way um, to give people the understanding that like it's a doable thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not easy, but like people do this. It's not like Pepsi bought you and you just did yeah. it. It's like yeah. the thing you made. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great question because um, I mean, there's so many roller coasters that you'll go through along the way of this, you know, first was, you know, getting laid off, forming the LLC. And then it's like, how do we make this come to life? Um, and if anyone you ask on my team knows me, I like to move fast. I, I think that I can make something happen. And I, I sometimes do, but sometimes I'm very unrealistic in the timeline of that. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, I formed the LLC on Friday let's get product on the shelf next Tuesday. You know, like I, it's really, you know, there's a a blessing and a curse to that. Um, But, you know, I think they're the one, I think the biggest thing is kind of just like that imposter syndrome and like in your head of really believing that you can do it. And then when you have most nine out of 10 people not really believing in you either, it's really challenging because it's like, okay, Bridget, why don't you just go back to your day job? You know, it's, alcohol, a very cutthroat industry, a very old school and dated industry. Um, I don't know anything about alcohol. So, you know, what am I, what do I know? I don't know, but what does anybody know? So I think it's, you know, that, and then on top of this new category that no one's even heard of. So um, constantly getting doors shut in my face, constantly people just, that's a cute project you're doing, like how, you know, and then you kind of just have to do like, like you just kind of have to shrug it off and be like, okay, well, they're projecting things on me. Like they, they're, and I have to just keep working towards what I believe in and not get bogged down by all the people that 
might not believe in it, might think it's silly, might, you know, be making fun of me behind my back, like whatever it is, like really trying to have thick skin to just not to believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing, I think was a, a huge hurdle I had to overcome because it, it does get tiring when you're trying to give everything to something and you don't feel like you have like anyone that's really championing or believing in you. Um, and so, you know, Claire Ridge, who um, also is a part of starting the company with me, um, she was, it was so wonderful to have her a part of that process because, you know, we had each other. We really were able to be like, you know, I just got this and this, you know, t- today and it was so hard and we were like, but we believe in it. So we'll keep going. So that I think was step one of just like really believing in yourself and continuing on that no matter what. Um, and then what it takes, like, I mean, really being honest, like I lost a lot of friendships. I lost a lot of distance in relationships because I couldn't maintain them. And I couldn't, I had to give every waking minute to this, uh, you know, from the second I woke up at 6.30 in the morning to the time I went to bed at midnight. You know, it was really building business plans, building decks, learning financial models, learning how to raise money, um, you know, what investing was, safe notes, convertible notes, what a cap table was. Like really, it was like extreme business school. Um, And then also learning how to create this product. So um, we met with brewers all over the country, um, microbiologists, food scientists, um, holistic health coaches, and really uh, worked on this recipe development because we went from our kitchen into breweries. So we were in plastic like carboys into 20, 30, 50, 100 barrel tanks, um, which is way over our head. So, um, you know, there's moments in time where I'm like, I remember when we were like, we're getting there, you know, we're bringing people together to figure it out. But um, that process took about nine to 12 months of working on it before, which I thought it would take one month. Um, So that was much longer, but like, you know, all the timing ends up working out because it was the exact moment that I think Chicago is ready to accept the category and to really take it to the next level. So um, a lot of learnings and a lot of sleepless nights and uh, tears, but also uh, a lot of joy. And, you know, I'm grateful for all of those parts of it because we wouldn't be here without it. Who else did you turn to besides Claire? Like kind mm-hmm. of at the beginning, like wh- who, what other people were involved or who did you look yeah. to? Like what were some of those outside sources that you leaned on when stuff was hard or when you just didn't get it or when you felt like you needed more information from something like what yeah. were some of those first early steps to take to get other people on mm-hmm. your team? Yeah. I mean, that was, I think, the biggest thing. In the beginning, I felt like I couldn't share anything with anyone because I I, I think that I just didn't know it was gonna, if it was going to work. So I was holding it really closely and I felt like the weight of the world was almost on my shoulder. So when it was so overwhelming or when it was, I just didn't um, talk to anyone about it, which I think in hindsight, if anyone was you know starting a company out there is share your beliefs with your friends, share your dreams, like have each other to be accountable to and help each other because it is, can be very isolating and very um, like lonely at times when you don't know what to do and you feel like I have to make this work or else. And also if it doesn't work, like that's okay too. Like, and, and being like really giving yourself grace with that too, of like whatever you're doing, you're taking a chance and it's going to change your life in some way. So um, be excited for the journey regardless of the outcome. Um, but with that being said, I reached out to um, a friend of a friend who um, was uh, one of the first employees at our X bar 
And she was um, through the process of um, the company growth. And now she's an investor and she's an advisor. She went through the um, acquisition with Kellogg and she has been fundamental to um, where we're at because she really went from day one at RX Bar to, um, you know, their acquisition and she watched them grow from one employee to, you know, hundreds. And so she was really able to help coach us of when you feel like things are happening, you're like, does this ever happen to anyone else? And they're like, it happens to everyone that's ever started a company. Like these are normal battles and these are normal, you know, um, just roadblocks to get, get through. And this is how you shift. And she was really able to help um, get us like consultants to help build out like supply chain tools and to um, help us with some finance and invoicing and, you know, just different things along the way that was really so helpful for um, our team growth and then just advising us both as a friend and as a mentor. Um, And she's still very much involved in the company. And so I would say her along with, you know, the first few employees were certainly, um, certainly been so helpful in, in helping us to where we are now. Awesome. So for people who who don't or are unfamiliar, what does your sort of like current product mix look like? And what are some things that you guys are thinking about for the future? You don't have to spoil any secrets if you don't want, but... And what is kombucha? Yeah. Yes. And what is kombucha? <laughs> what is um, start there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So kombucha is um, a fermented tea um, and it's uh, made with a SCOBY, which uh, the SCOBY is this mother culture and it has um, probiotics in it, which is, you know, better for you gut health, um, you know, culture strains in the product. So I think typically people think that something's going to like climb out of the can, which is not that at all. Um, it When we ferment it down, it's just like a liquid within the product. Um, so um, there's usually in a kombucha, there's one fermentation, a regular fermentation um, to the product, and we ferment our product twice. So on the second fermentation, we added yeast to it, which um, adds alcohol. Um, and so it still maintains all the qualities of a healthy tea. Um, we use this yerba mate tea base, um, still has probiotics in it, um, and then in the secondary fermentation, we add um, uh, uh, ingredients to it. So we'll add um, for a Palo Santo, we add wood and real blueberries. We have ginger lemon. We have hibiscus and lavender flowers. And all of our ingredients are non-GMO. Um, and all of our products are low in sugar. And um, so the product itself, even though we can't um, market it as good for you because it's alcohol. It's 6% alcohol, but um, it is a better for you alcohol and it still maintains all those qualities even in the secondary fermentation. And then as far as our product lineup and our flavors, we have our we have eight different um, SKUs, but we have hibiscus lavender, ginger lemon, and palo santo blueberry. And then we have our new seasonal flavor as well, um, which is grapefruit jalapeno, which is really good, which Chicago is just drinking up the grapefruit. We might have to make more because we've gone through three different orders. So and they're all selling out. So which is really exciting. And then we um, have that in 12 and 16 ounce. And then we just came out with our zero sugar line. Um, and that's 4.5 percent alcohol, which is Luna Bay light, which is really nice. good. <laughs> yeah. Just for your, your weekday hard butcha. Yeah. It's like when we realized in January and people were being doing like sober January, like this year especially it was like sober-ish. So we're like, let's just do the 4.5% because <laughs> sober January. We'll just yeah. do sober Well, that's it's something that I also appreciate too, because like I'm also kind of like sober-ish. I I don't drink a lot. 
I, and when I do drink, I, it's normally not at least to the excess that it was in college. Yes. <laughs> uh, now it's like, <laughs> like when I am drinking, I, I want something that I really like and yeah. that I enjoy that I know for a fact is not going to make me feel bad. Yes. And hard kombucha is one of them. The right type of red wine is one of them. And tequila basically is the third. Um, yeah. Started like, just realizing that when I am going to drink, like A, I really want it to taste good, but I want it to not make me feel bad. And I found that like the right kind of mix of stuff also keeps me from like over consuming. Like I'll have one kombucha and one glass of wine makes Mm -hmm. me feel better than being like, oh, well, there's now a bottle of wine sitting in front of me, kind of almost encouraging me to have more of it. Um, So I love that, love that there are, sort of like multiple flavors, right? It's not just like I'm picking this one healthy alternative off the shelf. Like you have options now, you have Mm -hmm. lighter ones, you have um, more full ones, um, Mm -hmm. you have seasonal ones. It feels like kind of like a full alcohol line, but can be a much better choice for people, especially those who are like, hey, I want, you know, one drink or maybe one and a half drinks, right? Mm -hmm. For a 16 ounce they can have something like a hard kombucha that I would imagine people probably aren't drinking like eight to 10 of in an evening, right? Like yes. when you drink it, you're probably only going to have one, maybe two. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense that like, it's got this great flavor profile. Like I personally absolutely love Luna Bay and it mm-hmm. was not the first hard kombucha I'd ever tasted, but it certainly has been the best one. So kudos. for Thank that. you. Thank <laughs> you so much. And I completely agree with you. I mean, I think like, for me, I really care about, you know, what I put into my body and, you know, feeling good. And especially within this job, like, you know, I want to be firing on all cylinders. I want to like wake up and be able to think straight and to, you know, really give it my all. And so when I do want to like relax and have a drink and chill out, like I think, you know, for me, it's like, or an organic wine or yeah, like a mezcal or, you know, for me, like with Luna Bay, like it makes perfect sense. I mean, the product's mostly made of water and tea. And then all of our ingredients are just real ingredients. We work with um, wonderful farmers around the country and we source their ingredients. We steep it into our um, flavor and our product. And it's all just very light. You can taste it in the quality. And I think as I was learning about the alcohol industry, which is extremely unregulated, like there is so many, there's so many things that get put into products that um, to me, I'm like, I wouldn't, I would never put this in my body and I would never, you know, want anyone that I love to put this in my, their bodies. So how can we make something that's different and we stand behind it and we don't cut corners, um, to make it even as we scale, you know? And I think that was something that was so interesting that we got that feedback. Oh, when you scale, your product's just going to change. It's got you to make money. You have to, you have to cut corners because like you have to find the cheaper way and these things and that. And we're like, we're not going to do that. And so um, our product does sit a dollar or two more than our competition and um, classic, you know, seltzers and other things like that. But there's a reason. And it's really because, you know, we really want to keep just sourcing the best ingredients to put into our product to, to make a a high quality um, alcohol. When you're thinking about that, how do you and your team and the way that you communicate with investors, like how do you communicate maybe to yourself to that mm-hmm. level of patience? Because I feel like there's a lot of people that will just succumb to that and say, yeah. okay, well, after a while, that kind of pressure mounts like, okay, we'll do mm-hmm. this and then we'll do that. And it's this sort of sliding scale. Like 
how do you reaffirm to your team and like kind of going towards your to some of the ways that you practice leadership? I know you have a lot of, um, is it, I don't, is your team all female? Um, we have, no, now we have some guys on our team, which is okay. great. Our, our executive yeah. team is women. Yeah. Got it. So especially like, you know, knowing that you've got an executive team of women, like I'm sure that that's like a passion of yours also, mm -hmm. like how do you kind of keep everybody on the same page with mm -hmm. that mission? And you can mm -hmm. kind of take that into like maybe how you sort of like practice your own leadership in general, like how you think about managing a team. Cause I would imagine those two things kind of tied together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's like, it goes back to like authenticity. And like, I think that's like from day one, we've all just like the authenticity in our product, authenticity in like who we are in Luna Bay, like we are the consumers ourselves, like, you know, and so I think for us, you know, we've been on countless distributor meetings and countless account chain calls being like, well, you know, you got to drop your pricing and you got to do this and you got to do that. And, um, you know, you do get beaten down a little bit. You do get like, okay, like, is this what we're supposed to do? Like, is this how anyone wins by doing these things? Like, and then we go back and we do it, hold each other accountable because I mean, the, the women and the team that we've built, like Luna Bay would not exist without, you know, the people on our team, you know, and we, it really was, none of us really came from alcohol. It's really just people that, from day one have believed in this and have known that it's going to succeed. And we've all held each other accountable. We've all shown up for each other. We've all worn a thousand hats from finance to legal to, you know, production. And, um, and we believe in each other and we believe in what we're doing. And so I think when anyone kind of feels like beaten down or kind of straying off, like, is this still the mission? We all just kind of hold each other and pull each other back in. And I think, like last year, especially like going through COVID together, going through so many different things. And, um, you know, politically all, you know, there was just, everyone went through, um, just a huge transformation last year and we were launching a startup in it all. And, you know, and to have each other go through some pretty, you know, fundamental things in our lives, both personally and professionally, um, we grew so close and I don't think we'll, we would ever let each other stray from, what we're doing and what we're building and um you know things ebb and flow for all of us but we have each other's back and the authenticity and like who we are um i think really comes through and and in who our, our product is and what we're building and our team so i would really say like our team as a whole um and who what we've built together has has been able to help us like stick to that mission and 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 pull that forward um and then of course we do you know our team bondings and we do um team outings we have our hq new pop-up tap room in chicago in the west loop and um, always have fun events there. And so just being able to, you know, in a world that we've been so um, virtual for most of our company, really, like all of it, um, now finding ways to uh, find ways to connect with each other, because um, that's at the end of the day, like what's most important. And I think when we have that time together, we all are like, oh, like, hell yeah, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And this is why we do it. And like, this is where we're going. So super important. What are some of the things that you do personally as a leader, uh, as an entrepreneur to keep yourself aligned with what you're doing, whether that's routines or workouts mm -hmm. or meditations, like what is kind of your, maybe some of your daily rituals and then mm -hmm. some of the things that you've kind of learned as you've gone through this that are like your staples. If you were to go back three years and say, yo, Bridget, do these three things because in three years you will have wished you did these every single day, week, month or whatever that looks mm -hmm. like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, I feel like it's trial by fire because that first year of starting this, like it was, there were so many lows and so many things where you have no boundaries and you have no sleep and you have, um, you know, you're just, you're just pouring it into everything all the time. And then you just see what a toll that takes on your health. Like I really like, you know, your health, your hormones, your body, like you're just, you just realize like you just can't do that. You can't show up for work. You can't show up for the people in your life if you um, work that way. So I think for me, I I had to learn the hard way. And then I just, um, you know, in the beginning of uh, 2020, I was like, I have to make some life changes for me to be a good leader, to be a good friend, to be a good partner. Like I need to do this for myself. And so now it's just, it's not even, um, and there's no like negotiation about it. Like this is the way I live my life and this is what I have to do. And this is what needs to happen. And so, um, I mean, I haven't been back to my home, which is in California in like five months. So I've been kind of all over the place on the road, but I've been able to stay very grounded, which I think is um, obviously the number one thing, because if I'm not grounded, I'm not making sound choices and I'm not able to really communicate what I you know, need and want and um, where, what we need to do together. So um, some of those things uh, are you know, moving my body every single morning in some way, whether it's walk, a workout, a run, um, keeping my phone on airplane mode um, at night the, the, after 10 p.m. until I'm done with uh, my morning routine. Um, I think it's super important. I, I'm not waking up and just being very reactive to my day. Um, emails, slacks, text messages. Um, it's like a stress, you know, instant stress looking at all those things in the morning. And I really try to keep my um, balance, you know, balance myself very well in the morning um, so I can show up. Um, but that um, morning pages, you know, writing just one one page of things I'm grateful for, the people I'm sending happiness to, um, and also how I want to feel for the day. Um, and then just personal things I need to get done and then, um, my to-do list. So that's, um, really important to me. And then meditation, um, every morning and then sometimes at night too. So nothing, you know, crazy long, but I mean, 10 minutes in the morning, it's really, it's completely changed my life. And I think it, it helps me stay just much more, um, calm and not reactive throughout the day. Um, you know, and, and therapy, going to therapy every other week and having someone that's, uh, you know, someone like a mentor and a coach and just to talk through things because, um, you know, whether it's your family or friends or just dynamics, you have to make sacrifices, you feel guilt. Um, they're just, how do you work through all those things? And, um, you know, I give so much to the company and my, my team that, you know, it's, it's just as important to pour into me so I can, be the best um, version of myself. Um, so those things are certainly become non-negotiables and I just feel thankful for being able to, to utilize all those things. It's been interesting. We, Brett has been going to therapy too for a while. I just started mm-hmm. and I don't think that I realized how important it was to have someone else remind you to do that on a regular basis. That's not somebody that has some other like subjective relationship to you. Mm-hmm. So whether you use a therapist or a coach, mine sort of works on a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody to like have that check-in that's formal that you yeah. can like trick yourself. It's not you're not waiting to hit the bottom of the barrel before you like then turn outward and seek help. It's like somebody reminding you on the way on checkpoints whether you need that once a week, twice a week, once every mm-hmm. other week, once a month. 
Um, I have found that incredibly helpful because you sort of know that's coming. And I mm -hmm. think it keeps you in check, especially for a lot of the high performers, especially like the audience that's listening to this. Mm -hmm. Most of those people are kind of type A driven, kind of hard charging people. They're, they're not the, hey, I'm not doing much of anything and I just want to get motivated. So a lot of us need the reminder to like, mm -hmm. hey, you need to sit down and like rest and relax. Yeah. You need to you need to get some of these things off your chest because you give first and eventually that will run out. And when it Absolutely. does, you don't want to know what like, you know, you're, you're going to have the, a lot more consequences, I think, that come from that than the missed time quote unquote, mm -hmm. to go talk to that person or to take time out of your day to rest is much less of a time suck than it will be when you fully run out of gas if you get mm -hmm. sort of to the end of your fuse. And that's something that's been really helpful for me is like almost having somebody give me permission to rest. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like permission to rest. And it's like, I love that you both do that. And I, I'm grateful that you shared that too, because I think it's like, it's something, you know, I have three brothers and I think it's like something, maybe it feels more, a little bit more open for women to talk about it, but I think it's, it's just, it's even more important, like in, in some ways for men, like it really is such a important aspect. It's like we, we work out our bodies all the time. So why are we not working out our minds? Like it's just, it's the same thing to me. And I think, um, there's almost like a taboo, you know, I remember like first time I've ever went to therapy and it's like, are you okay? I'm like, Yes. And you should go too. Like we should all, you know, if we have the opportunity, which is, you know, not a luxury everyone can do, but I think I'm so, I'm so grateful to be able to check in with someone, whether it's your friends or your, you know, your girlfriends or a therapist or a mentor or someone to just talk through life and, um, you know, all of it personally, professionally. And I think if anything, like Luna Bay is like really stripped me down in so many ways because I am working with so many different personalities and they are, they're kind of constantly like, this is what you did wrong or this is what is, you know, and you have to be like, okay, I own that. This is something about my personality that I'm learning that doesn't work for people. And I need to work on this myself and then talking through it with someone and understanding like, why do I do that? Like, is this an anxious thing I'm doing or where does this come from? And how can I like reprogram that? It's like, nice to be able to learn all the stuff that I do throughout our company and my employees and friends, and then take that to someone to kind of like unpack it and, um, and integrate it into my life. Yeah, that I, I like that sort of synthesis too, is like, that's really what you're doing is unpacking it. Because mm -hmm. when you, when you keep going, you take on work stress, you take on personal stress, you take on personal wants and wishes, you take on professional wants and wishes. There's no one there to help you sort that out because your own head is not a great place to try and untangle that mm. mess by yourself, especially right. when more and more gets added to it. I think we've, Red and I have talked about that a lot. He even just mentioned, he's like, oh, I have all these ideas all the time. And mm -hmm. it's funny because you need somebody to help you sort those things out, help you reprioritize them and just like course correct. Yes. Uh, and I think it works the same for your business when you have mentors or you have investors or you have anybody who's giving you outside counsel. It works in your personal life from your friends, your family. Sometimes that can be a little bit subjective or a therapist or a coach. And you've got all these people and it's really like setting a lot of those guardrails of people up, which is why I asked earlier about kind of the way you think about handling your team. Mm. Um, because we've, we've hired somebody and Paige, and she's an amazing part of our 
business. And it's just, it's very interesting to start to think about that when you're taking responsibility for more than just yourself, like mm. you are carrying around a huge weight and mm -hmm. that is not talked about enough for people that are starting businesses mm -hmm. like, Hey, what this is going to do <laughs> to yeah. how clear your thoughts are once you start this is like, yes. then it turns into a complete hurricane. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like what, yeah, what it will take and what you will go through um, on an emotional level, like to be prepared, but also to have to build the infrastructure ahead of time, like that you'll have the support if you, you know, want to set it up to do so. Because, um, yeah, it is really, it's really important um, through the process of all of this. I can't imagine not having that and that network. And I obviously have, you know, great friends and family and all those things, but um, you want to have a, an unbiased, you know, separate person to kind of um do that with so absolutely important yeah and like a lot kind of along those lines i have another like segue how how mm -hmm. is being um a, a female ceo in alcohol especially yeah. that's not like hey I'm, i don't know if it would be worse if you were like starting a, a beer or whether it's better that it's uh kombucha but can you kind of just like talk about that a little bit because i i would have to imagine yeah have some interesting experiences. Yes. Oh gosh, I could write a book on that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, Claire and I, when we were first going to our first distributor meetings, Claire is a yoga teacher and she's very much more chill and she's like friends, you know, so friendly and outgoing. And um, I, you know, grew up with three brothers, always trying to fend for myself, um, maybe a little bit more um, sass in some ways. Um, but we would go to these distributor meetings and I, I'll never forget our first one when someone was called me sweetheart. Um, and they're like, sweetheart, you might need to change the, um, can. And I just felt like she was like, you're going to leap across the table at this guy. Um, but I was just like, you know, it's just the, the way, the way, the amount of times we were talked down to the amount of times that we're, they, you know, you, what do you guys know? Um, any of these things, because it is, um, very rare to have, I mean, I, I don't want to quote on this cause I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but we could be the only female founded and brewed and led executive team in like the country. I mean, we're definitely the only in the hard kombucha space. Um, and it's, it is very, very rare to have not only a head brewer, that's a woman, um, you know, Joe, what Joe has done or Joanna is our, um, head brewer, um, who works collaboratively with our, um, our, uh, our brewing space and, um, and she lays up our quality assurance. And then, you know, just our team in general, like it, it is very hard to be taken seriously. Um, and you know, I think that those tides are changing a hundred percent. Like, I think we are a part of disrupting an industry that's been, um, really dated, very archaic and has run a certain way that just really doesn't work anymore. Like it really is. We're like breaking up the system to be like, we don't need to just do distribution this way. There's this direct to consumer model. People want things quicker. People want to be more innovative. And luckily we have been a, done an amazing job partnering with incredible distributors around the country. Um, that really champion women in alcohol that are really in the forefront of like these changes. And, um, and so we feel very thankful for that, but um, it's certainly the first, uh, you know, year of that. And even past that, you know, trying to negotiate terms over our heads or things that we're like, no, like we, this, you're not going to get past us. We can see like what's going on. Um, so it's, it's been hard in that sense. And then also as a CEO, raising money, getting in front of people, I know what counterparts in the ready to drink space um, are raising that are male founded and what their you know valuations are and things like that. Um, and it's certainly 
um, not as what I, you know, fight for. Um, it's, it's, it's much, it feels much harder in a way. So, um, and then, you know, you know, women in general just don't get the same bank loans and, um, same VC backing and, um, and it's, it, it has been that way. I really do think there is a shift happening now. And I do see a lot of these companies that we've been talking to are really um, about championing women in alcohol. But um, I would say yeah, the last three years of that, we've, we've been on the forefront of that change, but it certainly hasn't come without a lot of roadblocks and challenges. That's, I mean, it, it's so cool to hear somebody talking about the change. That's a part of the change. <laughs> yeah, thank really, you. I mean, that's really special. And I think it's one of those things that you know, Jason and I, we, you know, haven't had to deal with stuff like that. So like, it's, 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 it's always interesting to hear like a woman or somebody of minority talk about their story because we empathize, but we don't, we've never gone through that. And to see that being a, a, a necessary change that's happening uh, and somebody like yourself that like we've known and that you're doing this, it's just so cool to see somebody championing that. So uh, we Thank have you. a lot of, of like love for that and, and the impact that you will have outside of the brand that you are building is so massive. And it's one of those things that like, I'll never forget when Jason and I ran our first retreat. And then a few weeks later, we saw a couple people eating at True Food together that came on our retreat that met on our retreat. We were like, whoa, this cool. was a week long thing. Like this is going to impact you for the rest of their lives. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just cool, like think that, like talking about reflectiveness with like therapy and all that. That's one of the things too. When like well, yeah. hard and sleepless nights and all that, like you got to realize, like what you're building is beyond what's in that can. And like the fact that mm -hmm. you've taken that on your on yourself to build that team and the brewer and all that uh, is something that will impact people for a long time. Thank you, thank you. And that's, I mean, that's such a good point. Like, again, with like going to talk to someone or going to talk to your team is like you get so in it all the time. You're in the weeds, or like, you know, you're putting out a fire here, and then you're onto that fire, and then this is a really cool success, but you didn't even that didn't even register in my brain because I'm already off onto this thing. And so I think it's it's really important when I stop for a second. I'm like, oh yeah. We are in Whole Foods. Oh, we are in Target. Oh, we are in like that stadium. And, you know, it's, it's doesn't, it honest to God doesn't register sometimes. And so when you take a minute and actually like feel it, talk about it, reflect on it, you're like, oh no, this is changing your life. It's changing your team's life. It's, you know, it's making a much bigger impact. And, and then you can enjoy it and like feel the, like the happiness of what you've done and what you're building and what you've, you know, given your whole heart to because, what's the point of any of it if you're not like really feeling into it and experiencing like the good that's coming from it too. Yeah. That, that leads perfect segue to the kind of one of our closing questions. We ask everybody, our motto at yeah. is to have the best day ever, every single day. And it's exactly yeah. that. It's to realize when things are going right. It's to understand sometimes when things are going wrong and how we can make that into something bigger, a, le a massive learning opportunity, a opportunity for us to practice the mindfulness that we do in the morning through our meditations or, stressing ourselves and all of that. So if you could wake up tomorrow, Bridget, be anywhere, do anything, what does your best day ever look like? Oh, what does my best day ever look like? Um, I would say, I, I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin and I, I love Wisconsin so much. So um, I think the best day ever is 
um, being waking up uh, in at the lake in Wisconsin, uh, getting a run in, going swimming, um, being with my family, being with my friends, barbecuing, and then um, one of my favorite bars is Chuck's. It's in Lake Geneva, and um, going down there, having listening to live music, and they also sell Luna Bay there. So having yeah, having a booch and then bonfiring in the backyard and like staying up all night, listening to music and hanging out with my friends and having some booches and maybe some tequila and mezcal too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm in Lake Geneva a bunch. My wife's family has a house up there, so I'll have to, well, I'll have to get out at Chuck's next time I'm there. Yes, um, yes the posters awesome. in the bathroom. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, yeah. that's- I mean that that's such a such a great day. I think a lot of times when people you know get thrown that question, you think of some like grandiose plan, but honestly, it's just like what makes us us, and that's so special mm-hmm. to be able to have that. Um, so you mentioned a few places where people can find your product and you. Where can people get a get a can, and where can people learn more about it? Yeah, thank you. Um, so we're in 11 states now. We just launched in Texas, which is really exciting. Um, and so you can check out our website, Where to Buy. Um, in any of the 11 states that we're in now, you can find us uh, mostly. Um, you can find us on Whole Foods, um, you know, on Amazon Prime. You can find us on Foxtrot in the markets. We're in Foxtrot, um, Uber Eats, GoPuff. And then um, we soon look for next year in the states that we're not in yet, look for um, our product in more places. But um, we're in most you know, grocery stores and retailers. And if you don't see us, just ask for us because they can. Certainly- <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So. Thanks so much for your time, what you're doing. Yeah. It's been so cool to see everything you're doing ferment into something bigger. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to continue to crush. So uh, next time you're in Chicago too, hit us up. We should get a workout in and hang out. Absolutely. I would love that. I got to stock up your office. Yeah. yeah. Get our peeps ready. <laughs> love it.